Good morning. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're here. Celebration this morning. You might have seen a birthday cake when you came in. Birth of a birth of, of well, Bill will get into that in a little while. Guys, welcome to Men's Roundtable. I'm glad you're here. My name is Joe Barlow. If you'll allow me just a minute, I'm going to get into some personal stuff. Um, coming up here doing these introductions and kind of kicking us off in the MC, and I like to open it with a prayer. And sometimes you find yourself just kind of dry bones. Dry bones, written about in Scripture. Man, I don't know where the dry bones came from. But I have been in a season of my life where I am busy. I'm a general contractor, run my own work, my son and I do, and we've been blessed. I've been on the other side of it where we didn't have work, and I didn't like that at all, but I'm on the side where I've got a little more than I can handle, and I'm stretched, doing the best I can in it, and I'm busy. I'm busy. It's good. I can take it for a season. And then I got a part-time job farming. I need to say farming. How do you do that? Part-time job farming. Well, we started planting pine trees when I was in junior high school. We planted some when I was in high school in my first year of college. And my brother and I are in, in, in partners with a management company over the farm. So we let a contractor have those trees cut. Now you can look at the white hair. It's been a lot, little while since I was in high school. We let the contractor on those pine trees be cut. <clears throat> And the advice of the forester was, let's don't um, let's don't do a lump sum contract. Let's cut and pay as you get as you're cutting. We'll make a check every week. Okay, let's do that. We had this drought hit. If you plant a crop in the late seventies and early eighties to find that it's lost to drought and pine beetles, that's disheartening. Like, okay, all right, we're gonna, we, we, we're gonna recover from that. We're gonna be fine. Oh, I know what, it's so dry, I'm gonna go build a house. My wife and I have been talking about doing that for 18 months. In my spare time, I'm gonna go build a house. That sounds like a right thing to Good do. Idea, Joe. Let me go build a house. Y'all know when it started raining? <laughs> now for 18 months, my wife and I have had a set of plans that we've been studying and going over back and forth. We got all the changes worked out till we started building the house. And I got a bathtub roughed in backwards. Drain was supposed to be on the right end, not the left end. I made a mistake. Well, I called a plumber. I need you to come back out. It's gonna be two weeks before I get there. No, it's fixing rain. I gotta have you out there now. And then we suffered a personal loss earlier this week. And I am so dadgum frustrated. Like, God, what in the world? I mean, come on, I get rain on the trees after they're dead. We're selling them for pulp wood now instead of timber. I start building a house and it's raining, it's overcast every day. Come on, give me a break. God, what's up? I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Got a coaching weekend in September. Didn't want in October, didn't want in November. I show up here, I go to men's group on Tuesday night. What's going on? Church on Sundays. What's going on? And I heard that voice inside me this morning. I'm right here. Where are you? Surrender. It's not on my terms. It's not how I want it. Am I going to find myself in tune with God again? Or am I going to continue to force it and be busy and say, God, I need your help doing what I'm trying to do? It just doesn't work that way. We're going to celebrate this morning, Ebenezer Place. And I'm going to tip my hat to our leader, Phil. And he had an idea, he had a concept. And instead of trying to drive that square peg in that round hole, he was agreeable to taking that vision and have it shaped around what God wanted it to be. And that's what we're going to celebrate this morning. 
my hat's off to you, Phil, for being agreeable. Maybe I'll get that way one day where I understand a little bit more surrender and not, a, not, not more of blood and bugling. I'm running off into the fire with my squirt gun. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. Lord, more than anything else, I thank you for reminding me this morning that it's your plan, not mine. That I walk with you and not ask you to walk with me. Thank you for the work that you did on the cross. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. <clears throat> Morning, gentlemen. Test one, two. Test one, two, three. Test one, two. We're on. Got a green light. Test one, two. Test, test, test. Test, test, test. Test one, two. One, two, four. Seven, nine, ten. Eleven. Hey, oh, cut that thing off. Cut it down. All right, shall I cut it back on? Cut it back on. Cut it back on. Test one, two. Test one, two. Test, 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 test. You know, East Tennessee is test. There's two two syllables. Test one, two. All right, we're ready. All right. Good morning, gentlemen. I'm excited. We have cake. We have cake. And when you have cake, it means you have celebration. So we're going to eat cake this morning. And uh, I'm excited um, about the reason that we're eating cake. Because we are celebrating the completion of our uh, dreams and vision at Ebenezer Place. And uh, most of you know uh, that we've been doing men's coaching weekends out in Holmes County, Mississippi for 23 years. And uh, what started out as a simple little old rundown deer camp, we have improved on it, improved on it, improved on it as a community of men. Um, and I'm just so glad I get to be a part of it. And I am so grateful to, to, to the Lord for what he's given us and the work that he has done in many men's lives through the years at Ebenezer Place. Hundreds, hundreds of men um, have been uh, in a circle around a fire pit at Ebenezer Place for 23 years, uh, understanding more about their broken lives and most importantly, the redemptive nature of the Lord Jesus. And we have uh, shared the gospel as best we know how, and many of you in this room have benefited from it. So I want to ask all of the Deer Camp alumni to stand up. Everybody that's been to Deer Camp to stand up. And I would like you to go over and stand over there by the cake. Airplane Allen is going to um, take a picture, and all the Deer Camp alumni make your way over to the cake because... I'm going to ask you to serve the cake to all of those who have not been to Deer Camp. So make your way over. Um, and, and there in front of you um, on a handout is uh, all who donated to our uh, capital uh giving campaign uh, that made the uh, kitchen pavilion possible and the improvements on the buildings that we already had structured. Where, where we are now in terms of our physical plant is just worlds, um, worlds different from where we started. All right, so guys, huddle up. As Jesus said, if you want to get in the picture, get on this side of the table. So Airplane Al is going to take a picture, and then we're going to cut the cake and serve the cake. So uh, on your handout is a song that I want to play for you. And this is the song that we end our coaching weekends with. Follow with me just as I read uh, just a few words. Listen to this. Come to the table. We all start on the outside. 
the outside looking in. This is where grace begins. We were hungry, we were thirsty, with nothing left to give. Oh, the shape that we were in, just when all hope seemed lost, love opened the door for us. He said, come to the table, come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior, sit down and be set free. Come to the table, come meet this motley crew of misfits, these liars and these thieves. There's no one unwelcome here, that sin and shame that you brought with you. And then drop down just a few lines, sit down and be set free, come to the table, come to the table. So those who have been to deer camp want to serve you who have not been to deer camp. So we want everybody to have a piece of cake. We celebrate with cake. So guys, if you'll do the serving, Jeff's doing the cutting, and I offer you this song, Come to the Table by Sidewalk Prophets. May you hear the voice of God. Outside looking in, this is where grace begins. We were hungry, we were thirsty, with nothing left to give. Oh, the shape that we were in. And just when all hope seemed lost, love opened the door.
every Thursday morning, you know? Isn't this cool? That we want you to come to the table. Uh, those of you who have been to deer camp, thank you for serving. Thank you for serving. Those of you who have not been to the table, we want you to, or have been to deer camp, we want you to come to the table and come. Um, exciting morning. Thank you, God. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. The words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Guys, uh, we finished our series. I have loved this series. I hope you have. Um, uh, imagination, what if. And, um, you know, this is the uh, last uh, gathering before Thanksgiving. It's an appropriate time to be grateful for what God's done. And it's a, an appropriate morning that we would celebrate all that you have done, we have done collectively to offer men um, a place to be healed. You know, uh, on the cake, um, Ebenezer Place, where God has helped men, is written on the cake. And it comes out of 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. Um, 1 Samuel, verse 12. Um, the Philistines have been a, a just uh, they they've been the Hamas uh, of Israel uh, for years um, in in that time, and God gave the Israelites a great unexpected victory over the Philistines, kind of like this past Saturday if Ole Miss would have beaten Georgia. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to help you understand, you know, what we're talking about. You know, I don't want to make Jimmy mad over here, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a, kind of like the way that Tennessee expected to go in to Mizzou and win that game. That, that hurt my feelings big time. But in all seriousness, uh, the Philistines were a great enemy and God gave them a victory and Samuel the prophet after the great victory he takes a stone and he calls that stone an Ebenezer and, and Ebenezer literally means God helps and he places it on the battlefield the playing field he places it on the 50 yard line if you will and he sets it out there and he says God has helped us and that's what we have seen happen at Ebenezer Place. Uh, it's no accident, I don't think, that God would give us 21 acres years ago at exit 14 on I-55, and the name of that exit is Good Man and Ebenezer. I just think that's cool. Good Man and Ebenezer. And so it was only natural that we name our uh, retreat site Ebenezer Place. God helps us. So in our last session in wrapping up the series, what, what we've entitled it is Anchored to the Promises of God. Amen? I want to be anchored, not to my feelings, anchored not to my circumstances, even anchored to somebody that I trust. I, in your, some of you guys that have been walking with God for a while, have you ever had the experience of somebody that you really trusted and really built into you? falls and is no longer walking with God? Yeah, absolutely. Is this mic working? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Um, we've all had that experience. Uh, what would you do if Satan took me out? I hope you would continue. I don't want that to happen, but don't ever base your faith on God and in God on somebody else. They'll disappoint you, but that doesn't mean that the gospel is any less true or any less powerful. The enemy is trying to take you out and you may be taken out by the end of the day. Don't be discouraged by that. Follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph for the last time in this series. 
Faith is an act of the imagination, and a healthy, vibrant imagination is crucial to the Christian life. Imagination is not the opposite of reality or the enemy of truth. Our problem is not an overactive imagination. The real threat is a lack of imagination or an imagination stunted or misshaped by our experience. When I close my eyes, I want to see great things for the kingdom of God. Don't you? I, I want to close my eyes and I want to dream that somehow that this room would not accommodate the number of men that want to come to men's roundtable. I, I want to close my eyes and see that Ebenezer Place is being used every weekend by somebody offering a uh, environment for men to get healed and hear the gospel. Close your eyes and imagine what God would do in you and through you. Some of us, however, are stuck in if only living marked by regret, feelings of guilt, fear, doubt, and we would add shame. But God can turn your if only mindset into a what if attitude where your faith looks forward to the future with holy confidence. Many of you know my story uh, that, well, all of you who have come to Deer Camp know my story. And the reason that we started uh, uh, men's coaching weekends, AKA Deer Camp and have our retreat site is not because of my gifts. I mean, I've got some gifts just like you do. We're all gifted, the Bible says. The reason we do those weekends is because of my failure and what I've learned in my failure. And that's what we try to do is we try to take our if onlys and turn it into what if possibilities. What if God would use your brokenness and my brokenness to bring glory to his name? And that's exactly what he does at Ebenezer Place. The Bible calls us to adopt an active imagination that helps us look beyond our experience like those who model a fearless faith before us. This past weekend, we had another men's coaching weekend at Ebenezer Place. Powerful. Best one ever. Unbelievable. Best one ever. And it was an experience of all of us who were present of God's breathing on a bunch of men. It wasn't teaching that was so dynamic. It was the stories of men sharing with one another and loving on one another it was the power of God's spirit moving in and through men that was so dynamic. It was beautiful, beautiful. So I want you to pick up your pen. I've got three questions for you. And these are just broad questions, again, as we get started, that kind of sum up this whole series. Number one, we've worked with this question every week. What if you are one decision away from a totally different life? What decision does that need to make today? Every day, we, we make a fresh decision to walk with God or not, whether we do that consciously or unconsciously. God, I'm going to walk with you today. I'm going to be a reflection um, of your peace. I'm going to bring order into the world, not chaos. That's what I want. Question number two, what if you believed you were a conqueror? Romans chapter 8 that we'll read here in a few minutes. Uh, many believe and many say that Romans chapter 8 is the most important chapter, one chapter in all the Bible. Well, that's a pretty bold statement. You know, we could debate that all day. You know, which one's your favorite? What's the most important chapter? But arguably, uh, Romans 8 could be the most important dynamic chapter in all the Bible. And when you take the most important chapter in all the Bible and you had six or seven verses to conclude it with, what would you write? And what the apostle Paul writes is he basically says, nothing can separate you and me from God and you're a conqueror. You win. You're a winner. You're a winner. You're a winner. That's powerful. What if you believed you were a conqueror? What if you believed all the stuff that God says about you and who you are? Who you are, who you believe yourself to be, what your identity is, is the most important truth about you. 
Who are you? Question number three, what if you believed how God sees you rather than how you see yourself? And that implies there's this crazy voice in your head and my head that puts us down. The Bible calls it the accuser of the brethren. I hear voices like that. Do you? Do you? So once again, it's like, no, don't believe the lies that are being said about you by the accuser. Believe the promises of God. I want to be anchored in the promises of God. I want to show you a video that illustrates being anchored in the promises of God. 23 years ago, God gave me a vision. I saw Ebenezer Place before I ever stepped a foot at Ebenezer Place. I saw it in my mind's eye, and it actually turned out to be not quite exactly what I saw in my mind's eye. It was actually better. It was more primitive. It was more rustic. It was more deer camp-like. Um, and over 23 years, th this is what's been able to develop. I want you to watch this. <laughs> The welcome uh, to Ebenezer Place. Um, I want to introduce you uh, to uh, what I believe to be holy ground. Uh, 23 years ago, uh, we started doing men's coaching weekends, uh, AKA uh, Deer Camp. And uh, for 23 years, uh, the Lord uh, has helped many men. And that's why we call it Ebenezer Place. I'm standing in front of um, uh, a rock. And in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 7, um, God gave victory to the Israelites over the, to the, uh, uh, over the Philistines. And um, Samuel, the prophet, um, when the victory was over, he uh, walks out onto the battlefield and places a large stone and he calls it an Ebenezer. And Ebenezer literally means the Lord helps. And Samuel proclaimed, the Lord has helped us. And um, it is exciting uh, to look back over my shoulder and think um, of the 23 years uh, since my good friend Denny Gilbert and I started uh, these men's coaching weekends of the hundreds of men who have walked on this ground and seen the Lord uh, change their heart. Um, it is a special, special place. So I'm sitting in front of uh, what for years we call the kitchen cabin, uh, which is now uh, known as our alumni bunkhouse. Uh, this was where uh, we first had our kitchen and for years this was the only way to uh, do our food. Uh, uh, we uh, had this uh, porch put on, uh, but for years this was the uh, kitchen cabin and now it is our alumni uh, bunkhouse. Uh, this deck uh, we started out was uh, half the size as it is now, and for years uh, we did all of our outdoor gathering uh, on this deck, and we doubled the size of the deck, joined the two cabins together, um, and that's how we uh, did our men's coaching weekends for years. So the first uh, major uh, construction that we uh, did was um, Lynn Ware and his father uh, pretty much single-handedly built our um, bunkhouse. And this is uh, where all the new guys stay. Uh, we have 12 bunks in there in the bathroom. Um, and this was the first uh, building that we built uh, as we started to improve um, the property um, some 15 uh, uh, years ago. So um, when we gather, uh, we do all of our gathering uh, outside. 
And so one of the uh, major improvements that we did years ago was to do our uh, meeting pavilion. And uh, this is a special, special place because uh, apart from sleeping and eating, uh, this is where we spend our whole weekend. Um, so we're uh, really uh, very uh, proud uh, of this place because of what God has done. Uh, the Lord has helped many men as we've sat in these circles. And uh, we designed it uh, with the ability to seat 20 men around the fire pit. And that's kind of where the new guys sit. And then there's a riser, and that's where 20 uh, alumni sit uh, around the new guys. And then there's another riser where 20 more guys can sit. And so we designed it uh, with the idea of 60 men being able to sit under one roof outside and be able to hear the stories uh, of one another, care for one another, and develop the community that we believe is the way God intended us to live life. Life was meant to be lived on a team. And that's what we uh, do out here at Ebenezer Place. It's helping men to understand the need for relationship, connection, and being on a team. So uh, now I'm standing in the um, new um, kitchen pavilion is what we call this. Uh, this has been a game changer. This is what we've been working on for the last two years. And this is where uh, we can, of course, have all of our meals prepared eat, but it also uh, gives us a 12-month-a-year um, facility uh, because it's heated and cooled. It's large enough to where we can gather in here. Um, so we not only are uh, able to eat in here, but we can meet in here as well. But this uh, has really been a game changer because we're very proud of um, this uh, uh, facility. Uh, it makes the meal preparation so much easier, the accommodating of uh, guys. And so uh, once again, uh, Ebenezer Place um, is a very special place and uh, we're excited uh, that we now have this kind of a, a facility to offer to the men who come to our weekends. You know, that video um, would not be the same without the banjo music in the background. <laughs> um, guys, I'm going to draw your attention to the handout there in front of you. Uh, Ralph helped me with the handouts there. You should have a handout <coughs> that recognizes all of the uh, uh, generous people who gave uh, to the capital fund campaign that makes uh, our improvements possible. So I, I just wanna say a big, big, big thank you to everybody that's on this list. And I know that some of you wanted to give and weren't able to give and we respect that, but this is our donors that uh, just, I just wanna say publicly, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, when, I wanna- When's the next year? <laughs> Next Deer Camp is the first weekend in March, so put it in your calendar. Um, and I want to uh, recognize just a, 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 a three or four guys uh, uh, personally. And uh, I, I first want to uh, ask Blair uh, Johnson yeah. to stand up. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Blair actually, yeah, there is no way. There's no way, gentlemen, that uh, these new improvements would have taken place as orderly and as beautifully as they did without Blair. Blair actually loves the kingdom of God so much in Ebenezer Place that he retired just so he could be the project manager. So, Blair, man, thank you, dude. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, and then uh, Chip Hunt, is Chip here? Chip was going to try to get here. I don't think he was uh, able to make it, but Chip has been a longtime uh, friend and Deer Camp alumni. And Chip uh, is a contractor that he built the bathroom, the pavilion, uh, and now the kitchen pavilion. And uh, his time and energy was a huge saver. We could have never done what we did without Chip's uh, financial sacrifice and giving to us as well as his expertise. So I'm just grateful uh, for Chip Hunt. And then, uh, oh my goodness, my new, my new, my new, newest best friend. This guy sent me a text. I won't, I won't read the text to you, but I'm, I'm getting ready to come up last week, um, uh, make my uh, weekly trip up here. We're going to do um, uh, deer camp, and Carl and I are having dinner uh, together, and I get a text. I look at the text, and the text says something like this. Everything is ready at Ebenezer Place. Uh, I'm going to pick up a few more supplies, and I'll see you on Saturday, but everything is ready. Guys, I can't hardly tell you that now uh, without tearing up. Now, that, that may seem like a benign text to you, but that's 23 years of, of so much of the responsibility of getting everything ready on my shoulders. And I'm so grateful to be able to unload that. And David Hamilton is our new caretaker uh, at Ebenezer Place. Thank you, David. And uh, already David is, is uh, underpaid and overworked. So uh, keep David encouraged. And then, and then finally, I, I just want to recognize and, and say how grateful I am, Jason, to you. Jason Brown, I love you like a son. And I've watched you grow from being a stupid young guy to a mature young guy. Still a little stupid and crazy. But uh, Jason has helped us with the financial organization. And I kind of, you know, it's so ridiculous that I ran this thing financially uh, the way I have, because that's just not my, that's not my lane. And I've been running over into the ditch and out of the ditch for years. And Jason stepped up. Jason's a financial planner. By the way, if you want a good guy to help you manage your money, uh, Jason's a good guy to talk to. Um, I, I'm finding out that these 35 and 40-year-olds run the world. You know, I'm trying to adjust to that. Uh, but thank you, Jason, for your heart, for our ministry, and for the gospel, and making things a whole lot better. So guys, um, man, this is about the gospel. This is not about any one of us or not any one of you. This is about honoring the Lord. I you to turn over to Ezekiel chapter 47. And again, this imaginative way that God speaks to Ezekiel is so cool that in Ezekiel 47, he gives Ezekiel this fourth vision the, the, the previous three, the first vision was in the first chapter of God, and he gives these four creatures and this fantastical vision of God so that this 30-year-old rabbi named Ezekiel could pass on fresh promise of God that I've not abandoned you. And then he goes over into chapter 8 to 14, and he gives the second vision, and it is the uh, evilness and the corruption in the priesthood of Israel. And there's these incredible visions and pictures that God gives Ezekiel about how the religious leaders are abusing the gospel uh, and abusing God's name. And then the third vision is Ezekiel 37 that we looked at last week, the vision of dry bones. And it's like, man, I can breathe life, Ezekiel, into dry bones. And it is intended to be the growth, a sanctification promise of God, even in a vision that those dry bones are not just about a structural vision, but it's bones in Hebrew means much more of the emotional part. So when Ezekiel, this 30-year-old rabbi, is looking at God breathing life into dry bones, he actually is meaning, and Ezekiel would understand this, 
to breathe life into men's lives, into their heart, to give them a new heart. Isn't that cool? So imaginative. Who would think of that? God. That's who would think of that. So he comes to the fourth vision, and it's the vision of the river. Now, follow with me, and I want to read this quickly. I'm going to jump down to verse 6. And he gives him this vision of the river, and he says in verse 6, he said, Son of man, have you had a good look? Then he took me back to the river bank while sitting on the bank. I noticed a lot of trees on both sides of the river. He told me, this water flows east, descends to the Abob, and then into the sea, the sea of stagnant waters. When it empties into those waters, the sea will become fresh wherever the river flows. Now underline that, wherever the river flows. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. See that as a metaphor, wherever the river flows. That's what we've been doing at Ebenezer Place, as best we know. Wherever the river flows, wherever the gospel is preached, wherever God's name is honored, life will flourish. Great schools of fish, because the river is turning the salt sea into fresh water. Where the river flows, life abounds. Wherever the river flows, life abounds. Fishermen will stand shoulder to shoulder along the shore from Engedi, all the way north of Engelum, casting their nets. The sea will teem with fish of all kinds, like the fish of the great Mediterranean. Wherever the river flows, wherever the gospel is preached, wherever God is honored, that's where life is. So I want to show you one last video. In this video, I think Airplane Allen, you need to ask Allen how he got his nickname. It's a great story. But Allen uh, and Brian Hilbert helped us shoot this video, and this will be put on our website as just a promo. And so it's an invitation for you to come to Deer Camp. I want to welcome you uh, to our Men's Coaching Weekend, AKA Deer Camp. We have uh, our 21 acre retreat site uh, in a uh, Deer Camp type setting, and it is called Ebenezer Place. It is a place that God helps men. We've been doing this for uh, 23 years, and what we do uh, in this environment is give men the opportunity uh, to get honest and open about their lives. Uh, we point them uh, toward the gospel and we have seen the transformation of men uh, through their uh, telling stories, uh, learning how to journal, receiving feedback from one another. What we call all that is simply living in community that life was meant to be lived on a team. We need to be in community. And what we see happen in a given weekend is community develop. We want you to come. Welcome to our Men's Coaching Weekend at Ebenezer Place. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. These men's coaching weekends that we do, uh, the way I would sum it up, um, it has been said that the glory of God is a man fully alive. If you wanna find life, uh, you wanna find freedom, come join us for one of our men's coaching weekends. Um, and it could absolutely be a game changer for your life and all that's going on, being able to become real, to become authentic, and learn to live life to the full. Where I first learned what it really meant to really be myself, it's the place that I keep coming back and talking about who I really am uh, to beat the weight of shame that tries to weigh me down. So Deer Camp is the place where I was able to connect the things that I had learned in recovery, uh, recovery from drugs, alcohol, sex, uh, to Jesus and this is the place where it connected both of those worlds for me and this is where I come when I need to feel spiritually healthy and spiritually alive First, all the papas and the princes all who failed and then forgive 
The odds are you've never been fully known and accepted. We're all longing for that at a heart level, but we don't know how to get there. This place, Deer Camp, teaches you in a respectful and gentle way how to get to that place in your life. I know that's exactly what it did for me. I walked onto that deck hiding and figuring that I could keep that mask up in front of everyone and everything would be just fine. If you're in that place, I would encourage you to develop some courage and get to this place so that you can be fully known and fully accepted. And here's the most important part, to live in the freedom that Christ wants for you. Make that decision. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And who you saw in that video, or of course, Roan, um, Ben Derrick is uh, newly part of our leadership team. Uh, so glad to have Ben. You, you guys have met Ben. He's obviously been here uh, pinch hitting uh, when Ron and I uh, have been out and Cadden um, and uh, Matt Stacy and hundreds of others could give testimony of what God's done. So, <laughs> So how do you close off a series like this? How do, how do you put a bow on this? Let's attempt to do that by looking at how Paul, the Apostle Paul, ended the greatest, many believe to be the greatest chapter in all the Bible. What would you say if somehow you were concluding the greatest chapter in the Bible? What would you say? Look over at Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> And uh, the, the two themes uh, uh, that I want you to hear as I read this is he says, you are more than who you think you are. Amen. You are more. You are more. You are so much more than the way you live. You could be so much more to your grandchildren. You can be so much more as a father. You can be so much more as a husband. Not that he's trying to put us on performance, but you have been given an identity that makes you more than a conqueror. And then the, and then the next thing he's saying in this passage is stay calm and carry on. Keep up. Keep chopping wood, as we say. Keep chopping wood. That's what I want to do. One day I will die and be in the presence of Jesus. And I hope I die on a horse, sitting in a rocking chair at Ebenezer Place, sitting in a circle around a fire pit, uh, wherever. But uh, I'm not quitting as long as God gives me my sanity. Now, I may be sitting out there with oatmeal running down my chin and not know who I am, but I'll be out there. Follow with me as we read Romans chapter 8. Verse 31. So what do you think? So what do you think? You know, given all that's been said already and all that we've even talked about this morning. So what do you think? So what shall we say? Is what it says in your study Bible. With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst, by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? I mean, what does he want to do in you and through you? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Mm -mm. He has a hedge around you. You're protected. Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to lie for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us 
and Christ's love for us. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Impossible, right, Jeff? There is no way, not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins, not even the worst sins that you've committed, not even the worst things that you've thought or done, not anything in Scripture or outside of Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one, meaning you're always going to have somebody that thinks less of you than, than what God thinks of you. Who are you going to listen to? None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Wow. The final conclusion of Paul's writing of the greatest chapter in all of Scripture. Wow. What a conclusion. What a conclusion. You're more than who you think you are. You're more than a conqueror. Stay calm and carry on. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're grateful for what you've done at Ebenezer Place. We're grateful for the gift of so many who believe in the work at Ebenezer Place. Thank you for every person who gave a dollar, every person who raked leaves, uh, hammered, nailed, uh, that whole process. And thank you, dear Jesus, for the promise that we have that we are more than conquerors in you. We celebrate you and we pray that all this in your name. Amen.